Cool. Um, let's start. I think this is uh, podcast number six. Six. We're happening, uh, and we are here at Stadshuset in Malmo, which is a which is not our home anymore for a daily basis. And we're going to get into a little bit more about that. But especially today, there's something special because we have a guest here. And who is that? That's me. I'm uh, Richard Hellerstedt, Richard Hellerstedt, uh, service designer at the uh, Department of Social Services in Hesselholm Municipality, and I'm very happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Super happy to have very you, cool. actually. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're gonna get back to you, Richard. Definitely. It's just that we wanna do some updates uh, of what's happened since last time, uh, and it's been quite some time since the la- po- last podcast this time around. Mm. And the reason for that being that we we needed to rethink some things. We have gotten some internal feedback that we should listen to, and we have mm. listened some. Yes. Uh, so maybe <coughs> we won't be as freely outspoken as we've been before, um, and we try to adapt to that basically. Mm. I uh, think we will. But Maybe we'll we will be more conscious about it. Exactly. At least, yeah. That's a good point, Vicky. <laughs> so, uh, what have we been up to since last time? Do you want to start, Vicky? I think you have done uh, a masterpiece good, at our news good place. Good question. Is that is, is that like three weeks ago since we did the last? Four past? weeks. Four weeks already. Yes. So yes, the first big news that happens is that we moved out of Stadshuset into ASF. And I don't know what it actually translates into. Albert and Social for yes. so Social department. Yes, right? social yeah. department. Yeah. And um, we did that because we started a project uh, exactly four, maybe five weeks ago now, which is involving um, homeless and how we place, how we match homeless people to housing, basically. So the past four weeks, we've been investigating how that works and... Um, that included us moving to that to their place, sort of to to be in the middle of it all. Um, that's what we're preaching, so we thought we should actually do it. Um, what have you come up with there? Yes, good you? question. Um, we sort of was uh, we met a guy or Timo met a guy in I don't know here in the city called Jovo, and he's working over there. And he he came to us and said this um, how we match homeless and and housing needs needs to look at like we, it probably needs to be fixed and i'm thinking maybe we could do some sort some sort of smart algorithm that sort of does um do, does all the calculations and how which family or which person should live in which apartment or which housing and just do the work for us and then that was like okay that sounds really interesting but let's not assume that like let's just start by figuring out what it actually is and who gets placed and how and when and why so this the four weeks sort of we proposed like a discovery project you could say like just figuring out how does it work today where are there some points that could be um, improved basically and uh, so we went out to all the different social chains around the city and spoke to people the um, people working with the homeless uh, people placing people finding apartments all the different like actors within this um, space and found some that it was not we basically find out that we don't want to do some algorithm but there are lower hanging fruits that we should be looking at and which we're now trying to to look at basically which are those Um, what what have we done the first thing we found out was that um, after after matching of homeless and housing is there's about like 
I think it's almost 40 days of where the apartment, where the city is actually paying for the apartment, but no one is living there because we need to get papers sorted, both from the apartment owner, but also from the city and the citizen um, or the homeless. So there's a there's a big opportunity there to save cost and time and stress for the individual, um, which is the first thing we want to look at. What we also learned was that this way they do matching today is it seems like they're quite happy with it. The the people who actually are working on it, um, of course, they bring their internal like biases and opinions when do matching. It it is people who do matching about people, so there are a lot of like personal opinions about it. Um, but it actually seems like it's okay and they have a somewhat of a structure and that's not where the the biggest pain point is but will but it is after the matching mm. basically so that's what we want to start looking at and the first little piece within that because even that piece consists of a many different people who need to approve and send papers and whatnot but the first thing we wanted to improve was the point from um basically getting the citizen um, approved by the apartment owner. So these apartments are, are um, rented to the city, and then we, the citizen, have, we do a second-hand contract with them. And right now, today, it takes about 16 days in order to get the citizen approved to just move in or get the first... That's, like, the first step. Yeah. So we want to shorten that down, and the goal is that they should take about five minutes because... Um, um, but but today the average is, is 16 days of just waiting time. Yeah. So so we've been experimenting a little bit with that this yeah. week. And so a lot of those days, the, the really easy part is that we're just oh. waiting for the post, basically. Mm. We send post. And so yesterday yes. we went out and yes. uh, biked from yeah. Socialtjänst exactly. to MKB yeah. and yes. Stadsfastigheter yeah. just to prove a point that, that just yes. by doing that we save a night yeah. and a night cost the city hotels in some of the cases yes. and so um, that's what we know. Yes, so we brought yesterday four uh, clients and one of them was living in a hotel which was 1,000 um, crowns per night so just yes, by speeding up that process we say 1,000 per day so so that's a pretty yeah, it's, it's an easy win it's an easy business case basically yeah, yeah. cool what else has been going on, Timo? Is there just just uh, yeah. going back to the last yes. topic? Yeah. The social department has been very, very yes. nice and has been very welcoming to us yeah. and yes. uh, gave us access to all the right people, to all yeah. the social workers on the floor, and uh, really helped us out. Yeah. Uh, Can forward. I be a little bit blunt? Sure, go ahead. I think the feeling of being there is that that's it, the energy is different than being mm. at Statsuset. Mm. Just by going in there, you feel that this is for real. This is where it's happening. Mm. which is a really nice feeling. And then, as you yeah. say, the warmth and the welcoming yes. and, and the interest just of the work that has been produced by yeah. you two, the work that is on the wall, seeing the people in there looking at their own work from a distance, from yeah. a hand's distance, and all the post-its, all the sort of the, the section of the service is really, really interesting. And yes. it sparked a lot of conversations, which we aren't a part of at all, but just by putting yeah. their own service or their own process up on a wall they're standing there thinking in a different way than done before yes i think one one nice part for us at least is that we're seeing this way of working scaling a little bit without 
really haven't put too much thought into it, but just the fact that we did the service map over how we how we do the placing of homeless and we stick it up on the wall, we show it to some people, and all of a sudden we come into the room and there's other people from other sort of areas like economic Bistan and other things, and they're like, oh, we want to do this too, like we should do this as well. Can you help us start doing this? <laughs> mm. And that, that yeah, that's just super nice that they see the value in it and they want to explore it themselves. Cool. Anything Good. else, Timo? Uh, some, some, yeah. One thing that we've been—I'm not sure if we mentioned that—that that is, uh-huh. is kind of a, uh, basically, a, it's a diary system for the city where we basically store all the kind of different information. Or when the, when a citizen reaches out to the city, we have certain obligations of what kind of a record that we need to store about that. And uh, yeah, we have a system for that, and uh, we've finally been able to get an API up and running for that. So we hopefully can uh, like remove some boring task of copying data from one system to another uh, and automate that. And uh, yeah, me and uh, Siad, uh, our intern, we've been working on validating the API and hopefully are going to be able to build something with it soon. We have been bending up more systems, actually. There's another one also that we got some access to, uh, which is the internal re- error reporting system easy. Ah well. yeah 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 so uh, yeah for the 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 prototype that um, Riga built about the uh, error reporting um, that we have on our Facebook Messenger page for a while um, back when we rolled it out we basically faked it so uh, everything that was reported ended up in an, uh, in a spreadsheet <coughs> and then we manually transferred it over into our <laughs> system that we have for that and now uh, we actually uh, yeah got an API for that, which means that we can automatically push it into the current system mm. we're using. So that's going to be a project that we're going to yeah. start working on yes. soon. Yeah. Cool. Um, last but not least, also the HR survey tool. We're meeting them this afternoon. Yes. And I guess it will go really live yes. in a bigger scale, basically. Rollout. Rollout. Day. Day. Yeah, so that's going to be super fun as well. We stop it there. About yes. Yes, enough updates. updates from us. Exactly, yeah. it's enough from us. And now back to you, Ikad. Can you can you tell us a little bit uh, who you are a little bit again, so the listeners haven't forgotten completely about you for <laughs> now, when mm-hmm. when we went berserk, and also where you work and what the daily work like a, on a daily basis, what you do. Right. So let's get into it. Yeah. I'm Richard Richard Hellerstedt, Richard Hellerstedt, um, working right now in Hesleholm mm-hmm. municipality. Uh, as a service designer, which means I'm doing very similar things to what you're doing for the Department of Social Services. So it's really cool to hear that you're getting into that sector now as well. Uh, my background is quite um, quite varied. I've studied some communication, a bit of design, a bit of design thinking, a bit of sustainability. So I'm a little bit all over the place. I call myself sometimes interdisciplinary designer, sometimes facilitator, sometimes change agent, whatever people want me to do, basically. <laughs> so just for context, what is Hesleholm and how big is the municipality there and how many people work there? And so Hesleholm on. is a, a really big municipality, uh-huh. geographically speaking. Uh-huh. It's one of the largest by surface area uh-huh. in Sweden, wow. although uh, population-wise, it's uh, it's quite small. Mm-hmm. Like it's smaller than Helsingborg or Malmö mm-hmm. by a lot. And I think our m- local government is something like four or 5,000 people, mm-hmm. um, possibly even less. In our department, we're 250. Mm-hmm. Um, 
doing everything from economics based on, like you mentioned, like financial aid uh, to um, family mm-hmm. support for families that want to live better with their kids to, um, well, yeah, basically any kind of social service, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what I'm doing there particularly is getting service design started as a practice among ideally all of these 250 people, right, to mm-hmm. drive change and improvements mm-hmm. in how we deliver our services, what services d- we deliver, and ultimately what value we create for mm-hmm. the people in Hesla Holm. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is needed? Well, it's needed because society is going in a direction where we just, the public sector just has to get better at what it does to to not break down, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're not, like, we don't have competition, essentially, but we mm-hmm. can still fail. We mm-hmm. can still go out of business, even mm-hmm. without competition. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a really risky scenario, because if public sector goes out of business, mm-hmm. there is no competitor to step up and replace it. Mm-hmm. Like, you could imagine some situations mm. where, where something would ha- would work out, but we generally we don't want that. So we need to innovate, come up with something new and smarter ourselves to, to stay in business mm. and to keep doing the good things for society that we should and can do and mm. which we a lot of the times do as well. Mm. Have you... Uh have you just fallen into this field or what have you done before? What kind of, why municipalities? Why design in a municipality or a mm-hmm. local government? Because I love it. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's really it's really so much fun. Like I get to do what I'm good at mm-hmm. and in the same at the same time bringing something good to the world, you know, having fun together with people, creating something that we really like and are proud of and which at the end of the day, also makes society better. We, we, I like to speak of us as civil servants in local government as Samuel's bigger. Like we're building society, and that's a really exciting thing to do that, and not in this old stiff way of like, yeah, blocks here, blocks here. But we're building something that is way more dynamic, mm-hmm. and which is works better for people and with people. Can you resonate on that? A lot, Again, yes. Yeah. A lot. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we're both sitting and nodding. Like, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> Why is that, Tegu? Why is it important for you to work with those issues compared to what the work you've done before? Uh, I don't know. It's just so uh, real in a way. Like, uh, And um, you sort of own it more and you have more, I don't know, connection to it in, in compared to working for a brand that does like digital services or something that you're not really tied to or that can also be interesting but here it's so close in a way yeah close in the way of i don't know you have like a personal relationship to it like yeah. in, uh, even though it's like homeless now and i yeah. i'm so privileged i never been in that situation i can still mm. understand and it's still like part of my world mm. and my reality mm. that i need to mm. to think about these yeah. things and yeah it's like yeah we're in this together sort of mm. <laughs> It's everyone's issue. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Cool. Um, how does your Richard? How does your team look right now? Is it similar to Civic Lab, or how do you? How is it structured in Hesskalm? Uh, well, on some days I'm a team of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, on some days I'm a team of two, and some days I'm a team of many, many people. So I'm working there as um, basically as a fire starter to get the practice of service design, the actual sort of doing of the things Mm. rolling. Mm. And that means I pull in whatever people I need. I have a team, part-time team, uh, four colleagues, 
that work with me every Tuesday, and we are um, redesigning, exploring the onboarding experience of how you actually arrive mm-hmm. to our department and sort of what is mm-hmm. the way in, mm-hmm. um, because it also kind of is related to a big reorganization that they've now shuffled around the different um, um, units and teams so to create more of a streamlined sort of funnel in but we still need to figure out what is the actual well yeah that makes sense from an organizational perspective Mm -hmm. but what is the user journey Mm -hmm. in that right Mm -hmm. so that's what we're mapping out how far have you come in that um, we've done a couple of loops. Mm-hmm. So um, we're, uh, I think this week is our two-month anniversary mm-hmm. of working mm-hmm. on it. And the first loop was uh, just um, one afternoon. Mm-hmm. We did the whole process of exploring, actually doing some observation and interviews, mm-hmm. then prototyping, testing, and um, launching something mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in the course of one afternoon. The way we managed to do it was by just looking at the waiting room, mm-hmm. the lobby. Mm-hmm. And the test was simply just me being new on the job, mm-hmm. be having been there two days, just role-playing that I'm there to make a report that something's going on with my brother. Mm-hmm. And we figured out, all right, all the little like kinks and things that I ran into coming there, not knowing how it works, not knowing anything, we could use that <laughs> as data to like approximate the experience of a person who's coming there. So that one um, went really fast, and we uh, have actually done a small... <coughs> Um, improvement based on that, which is new signage for the waiting room. Mm. Like, super small thing, mm. but just something that was quick, got it up, got it tested, and now it's live uh, cool. being there. Nice. Uh, and we've kept on rolling in larger and larger loops. So second loop, we um, uh, got took a stab at the phone system because mm. we found out that a lot of people were dropping off in the phone queue, mm. actually, and that was quite a serious issue be- mm. and had to do with a lot of like technical stuff in the background that different phone systems wouldn't connect to each other and so on. So actually our, it, it came at a good time because we managed to highlight a problem so we could speed up the process of installing a new phone system. So there, the solution was already coming, but thanks to the user perspective and the quotes that we learned from people who had gotten lost on the phone and so mm. on, really managed to bring it up, bring the attention to it. And this week, Monday, the new phone system rolled out. So now we have a much more, um, much smoother experience once you call. Like mm. You can get connected, you can get put on hold, you can get transferred. So mm. it just works mm. now. And um, So was that like a service design as part of procurement-ish or what was? Um, no, it was rather service design just pushing a process that had already been started for since uh-huh. I think it had been running for quite a few months already, the process of getting this new phone system mm. rolled out to more people in the new unit that yeah. is the new sort of reception unit, right? And But having some quotes, mm. having some scenarios mm. and some uh, real stories from people, how they got lost mm. on the phone, mm. yeah. really brought, yeah. gave mm-hmm. it a new weight. So, so it's pure motivational, basically. Right. It's just like and all yeah. of a sudden they would listen more and, okay, I just need to make this happen now. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. The, the change change was coming, but yeah. this just boosted it up. Yeah. And, and a lot of time that's well, some like a big part of what I do is just yeah. highlighting that, yeah. well, yeah, here is what we all know, yeah. what we all mm-hmm. talk about, yeah. but let's just yeah. put it out there in yeah. a user journey, in yeah. some quotes with some... Like just make it visible. Mm. Like you were talking about having the things on the walls that mm. really makes a big difference. Right? I think it's super important, right? Is I often refer to that as the things that I built in my life. The moment when you see someone else using it, 
is so powerful and it gives so much mo- motivation in terms of okay we need to make it better this needs to work mm. this is like I, I think I wasn't conscious about it when I did my first startup uh, Mambooster which was a live streaming service but the beauty of that was that everything was captured on video so we had massive information about what people actually did and mm. how they used the first like it, and just you know they connected their phone and saw themselves live on a computer and looked at themselves and so on and and I remember how powerful that is as a motivational thing just to see someone is actually using this hmm. and it's not working out in the way that we thought they are thinking differently how can we change that and so on so yeah um, and I feel in here we're very far from the citizens actually using a lot of the services yes. that we're offering. That was actually my next question, because you mentioned now the um, the quotes from from citizens. And um, one thing I've been thinking a little bit about when we moved over to social services is that it's a, it's a sensitive topic for a lot of the citizens, or at least our assumption from the city is that it's a sensitive topic for the citizens. So how do you reach citizens? How do you go mm-hmm. about it? Yeah, I've been in the exact same place, and mm-hmm. um, the key learning that I've had is that it's about um, like people have to come voluntarily, right? So what I can do is just open up and create a big surface for people to interact with, put flyers in all of our different offices where we have open reception, and then also be out, like actually meet colleagues. So a lot of my connections go through colleagues, mm-hmm. and I ask them, well, I'm doing this. I know you're, we're both excited about it, but we really need to make it valid. We need to mm. talk to actual people. Do you know anyone that you've been working with recently mm. or who you're working with right now who would be up for talking about this? And then I um, wait for those people to reach out to me. Okay. So I'm not really ever chasing anyone. I make sure that someone has first verified with them that they're okay with me contacting them. Yeah. And then it typically goes into a phone call, presenting what I do, trying to be chill and casual mm. and explaining w- what's what's going on and most of the time people are of course really just happy and positive mm. but meeting up and sharing their story what what i typically have to do is to balance between taking in feedback which comes a lot like a lot of people who approach me to give feedback and to be part of user mm. research are usually have a strong opinion about this one thing and of course that's really important I take that in but I also then navigate them over to just telling their journey right mm. I, mm. I have one box on my in my notes for feedback and then I have the other bigger thing which is just a timeline like how okay so just tell me what what happened what have, has happened to you what have you experienced in interacting with our services mm. which takes a little time getting them into that storytelling mode but once we're there it just works really really fine and so but it starts from anything has to be voluntary right mm-hmm. and we've together with our um, our lawyer at the department I've created a document that sort of just outlines what's going on mm-hmm. what we're doing why mm-hmm. we're doing it and what are the the conditions mm-hmm. and for example one one little detail what we found out when we were doing testing a test session where we brought in multiple people we had to have them sign a particular paper that um, where they said they were okay with um, appearing in a place where other people would also appear. So because it would Mm. then become um, known to the other Mm. people who Mm. were in that test session Mm. that each other person was also a user of Mm. social services. Mm. But that's just a small Mm. thing that we had to create. And again, everyone was fine with it, right? So it's difficult to do a complete random sample and just meet everyone. But at, at the 
point where we're in at, at now, it's more important to just meet anyone and get started yeah. rather than to meet the perfect right distribution of users, yeah. right? Mm. I want to I wanna jump back because you mentioned something that I, I don't know if we thought about it, Tim and Rieke, but I think it's interesting to role play where you said, I walked into the reception playing that my brother needed help like just to ver validate some kind of data or just get some data points, basically, yeah. from from a different perspective. How was that? No, it's it's a method I use a lot, yeah, and yeah. I recommend people to use it too. To just do, you would, know, you, would you like people within the municipality to go down and do <laughs> that every three months? Just I mean, like pretend that you are someone needing help, yeah. just to check. Like that's right. a that's a leadership quality to mm -hmm. do that, right? Yeah, I mean it, it's a service design practice, yeah, anyways. Yeah, like yeah. leadership. Of course, yeah, it will probably also like propel you forward in yeah. your work, right? Um, and I mean, even better if you can go to someone else, just pair up with someone in a different mm. department, mm -hmm. have them come and try out your service and mm -hmm. go try out their service mm. for them and just send over a couple of notes. Like even the top five things that you notice mm. will be super valuable for them. You don't need to do an assessment. You don't need to like critique anything. Mm. You just go there and then they call you back and be like, okay, what happened? Mm. Yeah, like... I, Another example from recent work that we did in Hesterholm was I had to go to a meeting over at a different office, a mm. small um, team that are three people uh, offering um, advice to youth who um, maybe uh, they themselves have issues with drugs or alcohol or they mm. might be living closely with someone who has that, right? And they um, are called Maria Skåne. Mm -hmm. So I look it up on Google Maps search for Maria Skåne, it directs me to Maria Mutagningen. Mm. When I get there, it turns out that's a gynecologist, mm. a private <laughs> clinic, yeah. which is yeah. like right on the same yeah. street, yeah. but it's not the right place. So just by doing that, mm. by me trying to get there, mm. navigating like I would do as a normal mm. person mm. on Google Maps, I found out this is not on Google Maps. Mm. So I just told them, put yourselves on Google Maps, and then we did it. So took a photo of the entrance and mm. put it up on Maps, and now mm. it's there. Mm. And in a few weeks, it's already had like a couple of hundred views because Google keeps sending me updates yeah. saying that yeah. like, your photo is yeah. so popular, and so it works. <laughs> like, and that's mm. again that discovery just comes from being having that user mindset mm. of like how would someone else experience this thing that mm. we're doing? Because mm. from the traditional internal mindset, it's like of course we have a website, mm. we appear in Google search, we have our address on the website, we have our phone number on the website, mm. all the info is there, mm. it works out, mm. right? Mm. But how do people go there? Well, you don't search for the website when you want to get to the actual physical spot you search for it on maps mm. and then you <laughs> end up at the other place <laughs> so yeah. it's just and, and that that's a great quick fix too like yeah. building on existing platforms is just really powerful right yeah. yep absolutely i think like i'm also in this finding out where the issues or the loopholes or the puddles in the service that the municipality is offering i have a i have a feeling that when we are in here um we don't know what the top three is. We are definitely not aligned on what the top three is. And I probably could see that it's almost like the culture want to argue that there are different scenarios and different things that are more or less important. So th because we have some kind of culture saying it's good to, to disagree in a weird way that I don't understand. Mm. Uh, is that the same in home? Do people know the top three? Do they agree in the top three, and do they also have the culture of like really? No, I I wouldn't say so. Like there's you know there's new things that come up every day, and like a lot of the bugs that we see, mm. of course, they're driven by uh, individual stories, right? But we don't really have any kind of you know, data dashboard or anything 
what one thing that uh, I'm doing is going back to look at uh, complaints mm-hmm. and feedback that has come in. But usually that's more related, again, to like individual cases. And in case of social work, it has a lot to do with the personal interactions that mm. people have had. So it's not really telling the full story. And that's, again, where the user, user journeys and the mapping mm. comes in really handy because you can start to aggregate and see where, where multiple people have the same issue. Right? One thing that we found out, for example, is that we do a lot of communication without context where the same thing keeps coming back, whether mm. it's letters or mm. website or sometimes even phone calls or meetings that people end up having received our message but still wondering what's going to happen now. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's one of our key how might we questions right now. How might we give people the experience of knowing what's going to happen, knowing mm. what's going on, mm. knowing what's going on, because that was one question that kept came, coming back. Mm. Yes. You recognize that one. We <laughs> 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 have the same, same mm. issues here. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you mentioned your team beforehand. So you, on, on Tuesdays, you have four people. Right. Uh, what, what does a team consist of? Is it all service designers or do you have engineers in there? Or uh, No, it's uh, all um, locals <laughs> from the department, so so to speak. Um, one uh, uh, unit manager who is in there, well, because she's great at what she does, of course, but also because she's the stakeholder who's running this new hmm. joint reception unit. So she's really important for that reason. And then we have two of her um, her staff, uh, two social secretaries, social, mm-hmm. secretary, social workers, and uh, one person who's my point of contact, and he uh, is an HR specialist. So he works uh, across the department with, well, HR mm. issues and also has been involved in their reorganization and the sort of... Uh, journey of looking at what do we need to change because they did the previous year a very a more strategic sort of outlook on the world and self introspection what what's going on where do we have cracks in our organization and so on and one of the key areas to work on was user perspective and mm. user driven development that they came up with so now we're basically doing the service design push to make that practical and start to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And are you trying to con- convert them them into service designers or is it more like creating awareness for service design or user-centric design? It's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. I, I like to work on two, two levels where I have, on one hand, spearhead projects where we like ship stuff and deliver real value to end mm-hmm. users. So, and those that's where I use my team and where I try to train the team to actually do the thing and to also be able to act as coaches for their colleagues further on. And then at the same time, we do very broad sort of trying to mm. nudge everyone a little bit and mm. create awareness, which mm. we do through trainings, those stickers that we have that sort of mm. show our mascot and mm. say a few taglines about how we try to work. And we do communication. We have our little weekly updates and so on. So some, some things that go broad to raise awareness and some things that go very niche mm. and focused to just show that this way of working works. actually makes mm. a difference and it works, right? So I, I try to do both of those. Because mm-hmm. I think that for us, that's also been kind of our internal, like, should we go niche and make sure to showcase that the way we work actually work and producing the data and the numbers and showing that? Or is the task so big that we need to be spreading ourselves quicker uh, and, and making more awareness and sort of helping them to help themselves? Kind of. Yeah. My experience is that you need both because they support each other. Mm -hmm. Your spearhead projects will become 
the stories you tell when you do like a lecture for mm. three, four hundred people, mm. whatever big mass you can gather, right? And then at the same time, being there, being seen by all those three, four hundred people will get you more connections and get you more possibilities to work even faster in mm. those projects because you'll get to know people who are like, yeah, but I know someone who could help you out with that. So in the way I see it now and the way I've come to do it, those two levels really they support each other and mm. you need both to really succeed in creating a, a change that lasts and a change that goes by itself. Mm. But you, you've been working at another municipality before, right? Yeah, in yeah. Helsingborg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, is Helsingborg bigger than Hesleholm? It is, it is. Okay. By, um, at least by population. I don't know, geographically speaking, no. I would actually say Hesleholm is uh, a yeah, larger yeah, area, yeah. but we've but got more people in Helsingborg. Uh, in Helsingborg, we have about uh, 10,000 local government okay. civil servants. So yeah. half of that in Hesleholm, yeah. sort of. Okay. Probably even less in Hesleholm, yeah. but, but those are roughly the numbers. Because yeah. I, think, I think that's something, I just need to get it out of me, but I've been thinking like, maybe that's what we should do instead, just take a small local government and instead of Malmö, which is huge with the 26,000 people employed. Do you experience a difference? Is there is there like closer to action or higher risk uh, willingness, or is there any difference? You know, ten thousand, five thousand employees. Yeah, but I, I think we when we're talking about this here in Sweden, it's like the conversation about scale mm -hmm. is kind of ridiculous because everything we have is small to medium size. <laughs> like people are doing this in London, in New York, in Mexico City, in Singapore, in Taipei, Taiwan, right? Like and and there we're talking like local governments that have as many people working in them as we have in some of our major cities in this country mm -hmm. altogether. Mm -hmm. So ev everything we have is fairly manageable still. Mm -hmm. And I think the same principles pretty much apply across the board. Um but what of course what what you want is to just do broad stuff that reaches as many people as possible mm -hmm. to, to nudge and to raise awareness and to start pe just having people mm -hmm. think and try out a few things differently and then have your niche projects mm -hmm. too that just yeah. push push stuff forward. But just between Helsingborg and Haslam, do you see any differences? Do you experience everything that is different? Yeah, of course. It, it is different because uh, Helsingborg uh, has, I would say, like the organizational culture there is more about... Um, being out there show, showing off in a way, in a mm -hmm. positive way, mm -hmm. really building the city's brand and building the the brand of the organization of the local government itself, mm -hmm. I would say, um, because I mean they, they're they in all the big competitions like Sveriges Kvalitetskommun and okay. launching the city fair, Horsetvård, uh, the age 22 coming up in a couple of years. So they're doing a lot. They're, they're very good at branding, mm -hmm. right? Which which is awesome, and it's also backed up by a lot of real work. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy that. But I also enjoy the the grit mm -hmm. and the just sort of mm -hmm. more casual, let's get it done spirit of, mm -hmm. of Hesleholm. So it's it's two different things. Mm -hmm. And my position is very different mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. like in Helsingborg, I was in the central parts, like compared to here, as in Stadshuset, mm -hmm. like working for all the mm -hmm. ten thousand. Now I'm down to working in one department, mm -hmm. primarily for two hundred and fifty mm -hmm. people. So. Mm -hmm. it, shifts completely as well. And then in, in Hesholm, do, do you know, like, are, are you the only service designer or are there like 15 and they are all in each different department or are you the one that's starting up the whole? I'm quite certain I'm the, I'm <laughs> the only one so far. All right, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And in, Hel in Helsingborg, they are right now uh, two or three. Mm. Mm. So, so they're 
they're building it up, yeah. and and as as will Hasler Home. Right? Mm-hmm. So okay. you're actually the first service designer or possibly person working this way in Hesleholm, or yeah, at least calling it service design. I mean, yeah. I know they've done a lot of mm-hmm. development and break some entwickling with user perspectives before, so it's really nothing. It's not rocket science. It's not new mm. like that. But yeah, I'm probably the first one with the title fronting so. it yeah. like this yeah. and bringing in the whole Innovationsguiden from Space Community Landsting, the organization, and so on. So yeah, in that sense, I'm probably the first. Yeah. And what's what's the the dream for you? Is that to have uh, service designers like you in each department, or would you have a team that goes out, or what would, if you could sort of? For, yeah, Design for, it yourself. <laughs> yeah. for, for the n- nearest future, of course, you need specialists who sort of take the responsibility for for the user perspective and for service design and for making prototypes and tests and mm-hmm. for driving things in this agile, iterative way. Yeah. But in the long term, I would like to see it be like a general culture where we don't necessarily have a particular dedicated service design or even worse innovation team mm. right mm. like no it it should just be like a daily practice uh, mm. a craft that mm. is just part of your work just like you know how, how to work with powerpoint and you know how to work with all your other tool, tools in your toolkit as a and if you do a different kind of job you know like therapy and conversa- conversational therapy perhaps mm. a lot of people in the social mm. services are good at that and then a lot of people will also start to get better at service design and that will become a natural part of doing the job in local government. Yeah. So you think the the way of, of getting to that w- would be to have those specialists in each department, um, exactly just like you, but in, in all of them? Or mm. Th- There are many ways to go about it. I think that's a good way. You have to bring in people who know the craft to start doing it and to start sharing it, of course, then whether that goes by department or whether you create a central team that sort of moves around mm-hmm. or whether you do it by sending people away for training and then having people come in sometimes. If you work with part-time consultants, I think like that's going to have to depend on each organization's yeah. situation where they're at, yeah, right? Okay. But generally, having people on the inside who know the craft and do the craft is always a good thing. Like, Absolutely. as you've noticed mm-hmm. as well, when mm-hmm. you start doing stuff, then mm-hmm. the ball starts rolling <laughs> yeah. and it spreads. It spreads, right? Okay. So before we uh, started the podcast, you mentioned that you were wanted to share some tools with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Please, of course. <laughs> like, I'm always happy to spread the word <laughs> about service design and like make sure that as many people get involved mm-hmm. as possible. And I mean, the first thing, the first place to go is, of course, to this podcast. Like for anyone listening now who's not a subscriber, I think you really should be following the journey that you are on because you're setting a really cool example by going about the way you do. Uh, As I said, we run a small blog from our team. Mm -hmm. The easiest way to find it is just to Google Chance to Design Social Chance Den Hesleholm or something similar Mm -hmm. where... um, Ranking fairly okay. Uh, <laughs> ne- ne- next step would be uh, to go have a look at Innovationsguiden, as the toolkit I mentioned from Sveriges Kommuner Landsting, which is um, really good, a good way, a, a, an easy way in to service design. Um, and just print a few of those templates, do your first interview, do your first observation, mm. and then you're mm. started. Like mm. You don't really need to learn a lot it, and or think a lot. It's more about just getting to the doing, mm. right? Start, start, and you, you do, certainly don't need a strategy. Mm. 
you just need to no. just need start to start moving. start start moving, yeah. right? I mean, maybe one or two years down the line, you could write some kind of one pager strategy. Yeah. But until then, yeah. you just need to do yeah. like meet users, yeah. make tests, learn from that, test to learn, yeah. don't test to be right, and and then just keep going. And also become a member of One Team Gov, where you and I met, Timo. Correct. It's yes. a grassroots movement of people working with change in the public sector. Um, you find it on, um, what is the address? Do you remember the site? Good question. Yeah, again, <laughs> again, Google it. One, yeah, team, yeah. one team Gov Sweden, One Team yeah. Gov Sweden. Yeah. And uh, we have a meetup coming up in, here in Skåne with that community. It's on uh, May 6th. And so I hope this co comes out before that. Absolutely. On May 6th at 4 p.m. in Helsingborg, we'll be hanging out and just doing another mm. regular meetup with One Team Gov. That will be pretty nice. Yeah, come around. Uh, and then... I'm not too good at following where the conversation about like public sector design goes down in Sweden. I suspect it's on LinkedIn where I'm not very <laughs> present. Yeah, like look, have a look there if you're interested in like the Swedish perspective. You can probably start out from the people who are working on Innovations Guide and then just build out from there. Yeah. Uh, also, ch you could check out the um, the initiative from Vinova called Ideaslösar, mm. which are these sort of little innovation hubs in. Uh, municipalities around Sweden. On the other hand, where I go for inspiration is Twitter. Mm. And then um, I'm mostly looking around internationally. And mm. a great place to start is the hashtag GovDesign. And also, of course, the, the One Team Gov is a global movement, so you can also find stuff from One Team Gov Global. Uh, I like also looking into what the government digital service in the UK are doing. Absolutely. That's another yeah. point mm. where I would, another point of departure. Mm. If I were to go onto Twitter today completely okay. blank. I would start from there and just sort of branch out and look at the people they're interacting with. Mm. Also the Canadian digital service. I mean, there's so much and mm. like people are putting out great content every day, mm. whether it's about user research or prototyping or facilitating workshops or d anything digital, right? Yeah. It's all out there. So just go have a look. Twitter, mm. as far as I know, is the place to be. Mm. But it's secondary to test yourself. Go oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah. Like, don't of course. Don't, like, don't, don't be in there don't, too long. No, just no, no. Around no, no. You like, don't, yeah, yeah, right. Just get out there. Do, yeah. do things. Yeah. And super, super, super good. Is there anything else? We, uh, I guess we should start rounding it off. Do you have anything else you want to share, Richard, before? like? I think one last message is just also that this work requires a bit of bravery mm. and you know, be not being afraid to be the person that challenges the status quo because you are going to go up against how it's always been. And one way that I um, that I found useful to do that is to like just practice where in low risk situations mm. to mm. challenge, like move around the place where you have your coffee, like tr just have your fika with new people and like mm. always practice getting out of your comfort zone because you will have to do it for real once you go out and do testing and interviews and once you fail your prototypes and so on. So mm. the more you can prep for that mm. by always challenging a little bit mm. and trying it out safely first mm. is a really good way to mm. build up that muscle of daring to do things differently. Mm. I think that's something we can resonate to. Mm. It's like every now and then we get a shift smell, like a head in the face, and then we, the good thing is being together. Then we can feel when we're too mm. spread out and doing different things. You don't get that kind of okay, you know, 
this happened and I'm sad about this. Can you just talk it through and so on? I think it's a super good point that's, that comes with the bravery. So yeah. I often say, like, find someone that you can have close, that you can drink the champagne with, but also someone you can cry with. You know, it's, it's an important <laughs> Definitely. thing to yeah, have, right? Yeah, yeah building your, your support group and, yeah. and the, the sort of having people around you who are both, who, who know what you're doing and who can, like, get get into it and support you but who can also just be there to have your back mm. sort of when when things because it uh, will go yeah it when, will. when things right. go wrong because it will right yeah, yeah. yeah. always yeah. and and that's the point yeah. because we we need things to fail mm. so we learn from it right so. cool Ike, Timo, do you have any last uh, questions no no, no. record think, length yeah, podcast I, today yeah, it's a <laughs> I w- I but it was super, it super interesting yes. and uh, very great uh, to is. have you here and mm-hmm. uh, share with us. I'm uh, super happy <laughs> to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you one last thing then? For what sure. do you dream about in this work? Where are in we in this work? I, I'm not sure if this is a dream or a nightmare, yeah. but I'm very curious about where um, AI-human mm-hmm. hybrid governance is going. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not talking like chatbots or robotization on the back end, but like proper digital colleagues, even sort of a mashup of the human and artificial in in politics and in decision making and and how do we sort of use technology in a very much deeper way than we do today to just make our lives better in society, right? That's one thing I'm dreaming about but also <laughs> like slightly being slightly fearful of but yeah. but it's something to explore for yeah. sure because we're going there whether we want it or not so we just got to figure out how it's going to be cool thanks a million for coming yes thank, thank you so much thank you so much. Yeah. so much for having me and uh we'll sum it up and send it out to you and get back to you hopefully in two weeks with something else thanks for listening thanks take for care bye 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 bye